Welcome to Let Go, Lean In, my podcast designed with transformational leaders like you in mind. I'm Lise Lewis, your transformational leadership coach. In each episode, you'll find help growing awareness of your mindset as a leader, be equipped with a tool to let go of unrealistic expectations and self-limiting beliefs that get in the way of your one precious life. My goal is for you to thrive as you lean in toward the leadership call God has put on your life. Join me and other leaders as we let go and lean in together. I'm so excited to bring this episode to you today and introduce you to my friend Heidi Tandy. Heidi is a leader of leaders and it's going to be a fun conversation. You'll get to hear her experiences and tools that she wants to share. But the fun part is she's an Enneagram too. And so you'll get to hear in real time what it's like to be a leader who is an Enneagram too. And then in our next episode, I'll unpack a little bit about the Enneagram too. So listen in. Well, welcome again to another podcast interview with Let Go Lean In. I'm so excited to bring this particular guest to us, Heidi Tandy, who is a dear friend of mine. Heidi, welcome. I can't wait for everybody to get to know you through this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am excited to also get to unpack some of the things that that go along with your leadership style and have everybody benefit from your leadership journey. And that being said, I'm going to read Heidi's bio so you can get some background on her and then we'll launch in. So once again, thanks for being here to listen. Here she is. Heidi Tandy serves on Stadia Church Planting Team as the Director of Bloom. Stadia is a global organization that starts churches that intentionally care for children. In her role with Bloom, Heidi empowers women to maximize their roles in starting churches. Prior to serving on the Stadia team, Heidi worked for over 10 years in the field of higher education and student affairs working at Illinois State University, Anderson University, Indiana University, Purdue University at Indianapolis, and the company Torch Prep. Heidi and her husband, Josh, planted Movement Church in Newport, Kentucky in 2014, a church that helps people find and follow Jesus, where they continue to lead and serve. Heidi and Josh have two young children. Heidi is a lifelong learner and educator at heart and believes that all people are valuable and vital to the kingdom of God. She loves to come alongside women and cheer them on as they pursue Jesus in their own unique contexts. So listener, get ready because Heidi has a lot to offer. I'm so glad you're here. This is so awesome. Our conversations, as as we joked about before we got on here, can go on forever, but but we're going to try to stay within the construct of three basic questions. And of course, I can never stop asking more. Oh, tell me more about that. So we'll we'll see how this goes. So basically, I follow the 
the format of my newsletter, which is three letters, G-E-T, grow, equip, thrive. So my first question to my guests is, can you remember an early awareness that you had of yourself as a leader? That is such an interesting question. I love this question and am very much just, I go from the top of my head, what comes to my head first. And the first thing that I thought of was I was in sixth grade. Okay. I just switched schools and I was at a new, a new sixth grader at Francis Hazen middle school. And I don't know how, but I got elected on student council. Maybe that's because nobody else wanted to do it, but I was elected on student council and I was thrilled. Um, and I think that was kind of the first, I see in you moment Mm. of leadership when a teacher told me that I should run for student council. And so that was, I think one of the first leadership moments that I, that I had in my life. Um, but honestly, through most of middle school and high school, my self-esteem was pretty low Mm. and I didn't see myself as a leader, even though I had some early moments where people saw some leadership strengths in me, but even through, you know, the, the hard parts of middle school and high school, one other place where I identified myself as a leader and had people kind of confirm that in me was through summer camp. Um, I was a camp counselor for years and my first summer as a volunteer kind of junior counselor. I just fell in love with getting to cheer young kids on in, in being themselves. The, The camp that I worked at was huge on kids being okay with their own identity and who they are and being a safe place. And camp was a safe place for me to grow both as an individual and my own identity. And then in my identity as a leader. And I really think a lot of ministry and the work that I do now and the work that I've done in higher education, so much of that has camp written all over it or camp kind of underlying in a lot of the things that, that I do. And then, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say too, that I think I learn about myself as a leader every single day. Mm. I I think I walk alongside a lot of women who are even in their twenties, thirties, forties, learning about themselves as a leader and evolving as women Mm -hmm. and in their understanding of themselves. So I think, well, I have these early moments in sixth grade and at camp, I have moments in 2019, 2020, 2021, where I'm like, oh, that is a strength of mine as, as a leader, or maybe I can do this as a leader. So I believe we never stop growing. We never stop learning. And so those are some leadership kind of spots in my own life. I love that, that you not only had that early awareness, but you've seen the building even to today. And, and honestly, Heidi, without me putting, you know, the baseball on the tee for you to hit it, that's exactly what transformational leadership is. Sure, We are always growing, learning new things about ourselves, new skills, being able to then, as you wisely said, walk alongside someone else and invest in their leadership 
development. It's that's so perfect. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. We're never done. Right. And I don't want to be done offline. Lisa, you and I have talked a lot about the kind of old lady that we want to be, right. We want (laughs) to be, uh, we don't want to be bitter old women. And so I, so we have to continue to, to grow and transform. And you've helped me do that so much as, as a leader in thinking through how I want to live and lead. And I think that's a helpful perspective for any, any woman in wherever she is in her leadership journey. So true. You know, that is exactly why I started this podcast. Cause I thought, you know, I, I want to inspire women, but I can't reach everybody. And this is a, this is a great way. So thanks for that commercial. Um, there you go. <laughs> But the the truth of it is when you recognize individually, when you recognize that this is, this is not a sprint, this life is a marathon and you get to carry with you what you want. You don't have to carry with you things that, that have not benefited you. It's kind of like you Marie Kondo your life, right? You let go of the things that are weighing you down and you're able, because we're women of faith, we, we talk about this. We can lean into Jesus and really look to him and learn from him. So yeah, that's an entire, that's an entire journey all by itself. And absolutely. um, It's so good. So good. You know, as we journey and we're talking about letting go of things and and picking up things, there's always elements that stand out like this. I am so glad I learned this about this tool, or I learned this skill set, or, you know, I recognized I didn't have to do it that way. There was an easier way to schedule or whatever. And I always love to hear what an individual's favorite tool is that they can make use of and that other people can then learn about. So do you have a favorite tool that you use? I do have a favorite tool Yeah, and it is, it's going to seem a little, a little plain, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with it. And then I can give some more specific tools, but I love a plain white lined notebook. I'm going to go, I'm going to explain why college ruled with the spiral ruled spiral notebook. Okay. Let me tell you why. So I, I have used several different, different planners over the years. I've used a day planner where I can see the full calendar. I've used specific planners. I've used like, if it, if it's popular in the planner universe, I feel like I know about it or I've tried it or have had a friend that tried. I've been on Pinterest looking for the best ways to plan my day or what works for leaders. But I have learned that for me, a plain notebook for my day-to-day life at the end of the week, what I do is I, and I will likely do it today. I plan out my schedule for the next week on the left side. I write what I'm doing. I there's research that goes with the fact that writing things down helps you to remember them better. So mm-hmm. for me, it's worked to not have a phys- do this digitally. I do this physically. Right. So left side, I write down Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I write down my appointments for the week, what I have set up. So it's my work appointments, my family appointments, and then I set out my work hours to make to make sure that since I work virtually that I'm having integrity with my hours and have everything right. set down. Right. Um, and then on the right side, I write my to-do list 
And so even if those, those tasks are outlined on a program like Asana, which I use for my work at Stadia, or mm-hmm. they're in my email and Outlook, it's just helpful for me to write them down again. So I have my what my white notebook. Actually, the, the notebook that I'm using right now is a notebook that you gave me for oh. Christmas. Um, it says nice. let go lean in on the front. And so that's my that's my day-to-day tool that I use every single day. Um, so if I'm having a phone call with somebody, that's where I take my notes. Um, and I just love a good plain white notebook. I think that is a place where I have grown a lot. Like I thought Mm. if an expert does something, I have to do it just like this expert. But the truth is I am the expert on Heidi Tandy. I've I've been in her body for 37 years. Like she, this is me. So I know what works for me. And so what works for me is a plain white notebook. And, um, that's, that's what works. Now I have a, a journal that I keep with my Bible. Um, you also got me, which is amazing. (laughs) The one that I'm working on right now, you also got me Uh, paper Sunday, everyone, they do these journals that are personalized and you can put scripture um, with your name on it. And it's a great gift. And, um, just one thing I'm working through right now, one journal. Um, but then I also have a journal or a white notebook that I pull out when I just need to get my thoughts out and kind of Lincoln letter something mm-hmm. like the, mm-hmm. the story is that Abraham Lincoln used to write letters to people and then burn them. Yeah. Um, and that really is helpful. Sometimes <laughs> we just have to get our words out. And so, yes. um, I feel like plain white notebooks are a great place to start. Is that, is that a helpful tool, Lisa? Oh, a hundred percent. And of course it, it then sparks a couple of questions for me because you do this, you, you set it up so that when you open it, you're actually starting on the second page. If I'm picturing it right, because yes. you mm-hmm. have your left side yes. and then your right side. And do you have kind of like a, a template that you write out each time, or do you go through and like, set up. These are the Monday, Tuesday, you do it each week, brand new. Yep. I do it each week, brand new. I like, I like the practice of going slow and, and writing it out, um, doing my check boxes, the one wing on the Enneagram. I, that is my perfectionist sort of completion, uh, completion person in there. But yeah, so I rewrite it every week and typically in the front of my, in the front of my journal, since I have that blank page, I will put an intention or a phrase for the season. Um, the, in my notebook right now, I have the line, you are not a project, Mm -hmm. which has been a really powerful phrase in my life over the past three months. Um, and so often, so often we look at ourselves, like we are something to fix. And, um, there's a lot more words that go with that, but that's from, um, Kendra Dashi's book, the lazy genius, but I wrote it down. I am, I am not a project. And so a lot of times I'll give myself a permission slip up there or just a focus for the time. And so my last notebook said, um, it is not my responsibility to prove to everyone that I am doing my best. That was my last journal. Oh, so yeah. That's, I just try to write a little bit of a focus and a reminder of, of where the Lord's got me in that season. Mm, That's beautiful. Those, those two things, your, your intentions from those two calendars are, yeah, your planners, I am Mm -hmm. going to put in the show notes because those are worth people really leaning in toward. Yeah. Um, 
Kendra Adashi's book, The Lazy Genius, so is, is so good. Yes, absolutely. So that there's a plug. We'll make sure that you have, as a listener, you have the link to how to find that book in particular. Where did you get your other uh, intention? Because that sounds like it, it may, or did you come up with it? No, I actually think you and I worked on that together. Oh, um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> we worked oh, okay. on that together last year um, because a lot of us in 2020, we didn't even have a metric for what success was, what productivity was, what even our day-to-day life looked like because they it changed so quickly and there was no way to know what to expect next. Um, so I think for a while in 2020, I was, I was trying to prove like, I'm, I'm trying really hard. I'm, I'm working hard to be a homeschooler in the, I'm that's, which is not my thing. Um, and I'm working hard at try at, at trying to be present with my kids or trying to be productive at work in, in a new role. But, but the truth is like, the, the focus in what I'm just saying is trying. I was trying so hard. Like I don't, I don't even have to try so hard. Um, in, um, oh, I'm going to forget the name of the study, but we just did a women's study at our church. And one of the main, and I'll, I can get it to you after this to put in show notes, but okay. one of the main points of the study she talked about was Jesus was relaxed. Yeah. I am not relaxed. <laughs> like I am just not just a generally relaxed person. Um, but Jesus was relaxed. Jesus had peace. And so if I'm trying so, so hard, that is causing me to be the opposite of relaxed, then I need to, I need to look at that. Not, not be shamey about that. Not, um, not think through like, oh, this is, I'm the worst because I'm not relaxed. No, but I observe about myself that I am not relaxed right now. And so what do I need to do? What rhythms and practices do I need to do to help me to get to a place where I am not trying so hard? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I do that. I do that at the detriment to my own self and the people around me. Um, it doesn't make me better when I'm trying so, so hard. Right. So true. And, and of course, you know, my, my next natural question is, so what has been a practice that, that you have been able to implement practice that does help you move toward peace? And, and I know everything in all of our lives, we have fits and starts. Nobody does everything, you know, consistently a hundred percent of the time we're that's just not human nature but is there something that you have implemented that really helps you slow down and not try so hard this is what i'm about to say is very much in process okay um but i think it's figuring out what are the rhythms that slow me down proactively instead of reactively. Mm-hmm. And so you and I have this in common that both of us have puppies. And the one of the gifts of, of having a puppy is that that puppy w- is on a clock. 
And she wakes up at the same time every day, mostly. Um, and that gives me some built in science, silence and quiet time in the morning. And so me giving my brain a chance to relax before I get my day started is huge. Um, so I'm not worrying about the work day. I'm not packing lunches yet. I, it is okay for me to, to just sit after I feed her, after she goes out and she's on my lap and we can just have a little bit of time. Um, a puppy also helps me to get some walking time. Yeah. Um, one of the things exercise can be such a zero to 1000 thing for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just learning that it's okay to just do something. A five minute walk is something. A 20 minute walk is something. It doesn't have to be uh, 30 plus minutes where my heart rate is a certain thing. And I've burnt this many calories. Like it's okay for something to just be something. And so those proactive rhythms are really, are really helpful for me. One thing I'm learning that I, um, I recently have started implementing is getting through the first 20 minutes of a stress cycle is, is huge. And so a lot of times when we identify that we are stressed, Mm-hmm. That first 20 minutes can be where we can turn to a destructive pattern. And so that that might be um, that might be where we send that angry email or mm-hmm. where we um, for me, I love French fries. And so I get stressed and that 20 minutes like I'm gonna I'm gonna eat the fries and they're gonna make me feel better in that 20 minute period. Um, but I so, Maybe it is a 20 minute walk. Maybe it is some deep breathing on your watch or uh, there's so many free resources out there to try to get through that first 20 minutes of, of a stressful situation. I'm not saying that that 20, it will go away in 20 minutes, but in a lot of times, and that is not original. And I, I'm not thinking about, I'm not, it's not coming to mind exactly where that came from, but it is that 20 minutes of getting, of getting through it. So, so we don't turn to our numbing or, um, stress patterns that may not be patterns that we want to continue in, in our life. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine that, you know, we can laugh about this, but eating French fries every time you feel stressed would not be sustainable for your body long-term. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And there, there are days and there have been days and there will be days where we can make a conscious choice to say, I'm choosing this. But if, if I'm learning, if my, if it feels like my car just automatically goes through a McDonald's drive-through, then then that's why I have to stay curious and say, hmm, I'm observing that I'm doing this more than I want to when I'm stressed. Yeah. And for, because of, because I don't want to be a bitter old lady or because I don't want to be doing the French fries thing when I'm 75, <laughs> what can I do? What can I do now to shift that yeah. behavior? Yeah. And French so, fries are my thing. Your thing may be, so, it, listeners may, their thing may be something else. So it, right? it's not the, it's not about the fries. It's about the numbing. It's about the yeah. consistent choices that we make that over time are not the healthiest. And so how, how can I make better choices for the, for the long term. And one thing I've learned a ton in 2021 is that this is slow. This Mm. is a slow process and, but, but slow 
is so much better over time than the roller coaster that I think I've put myself on Mm -hmm. over the years where it's very up and down and not, and not nearly as, as steady. So slow and steady wins the race, not the roller coaster that I put myself through. Yeah. Well, it it's, it's beautiful. Everything that you're saying about your curiosity, paying attention to what is happening for you, that you are, you know, going into this stress cycle in the first place and, and not being shamey about what you're noticing and what is the purpose of it, that numbing and how to learn to work through instead of going quickly to the numb. This is, this is a lot of emotional work and building mm-hmm. emotional intelligence that you're talking yeah. about. And, yeah. and if it, if you, as you're listening to this have, have never, uh, been confronted with some of the things that Heidi's sharing, I, there are a ton of great resources. One of which is Andy Kolber's book, try softer, yep. which just the title kind of gives you the idea that there's something different about dealing with the emotional ups and downs that life brings us. This is, this is not unique to Heidi. It's not unique to me. And, and whatever it is that you're recognizing as a stress pattern, her book gives you tools and, and actions then practices. And my favorite thing is to pay compassionate attention to what you're experiencing and just notice. And from there you can then say, okay, this is what I need to do instead. And yeah, you give yourself that space, that slowness, like you were saying, Heidi, this is slow change. Is slow. Is slow. And, you know, we can look to, to God's word, oak trees and the grass that, you know, comes up the, the seeds along the path in, in the parable of the four soils. I mean, come on, there, there are evidences that this slowness is exactly the way that Jesus is inviting us to move, but, mm. but our culture does not, uh, award slowness and yeah. intentionality, but I think this, uh, pandemic has been an interesting shift for a lot of people Yeah, where, you know, as you said, it's all of a sudden it changed on, on a dime and people had to be with themselves. Yeah in ways that busyness insulated yeah. from, from what's going on inside. So I love that you personally have, have done so much work and you were, you were about that prior to the pandemic, the pandemic sure. forced sure. you into that, but you'd already developed a few tools and practices that this, this time gave you even more opportunity to, to slow and pay attention. So thank yeah. you so much for, for, helping us see that it, there isn't just one tool. There are lots of ways that we can be intentional about our being present and yeah. seeking that peace that yeah. you know Jesus offers us and invites us to. So because yeah. he was relaxed, right? He was relaxed. He was relaxed. He was relaxed. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. I, I look that. forward to you sending me that info because, you know, women love to, to study. And so to know, you know, whose study it is and, and all that kind of stuff, I'll include that as well, because thinking about the model 
that Jesus is for us, you can see it's not about prescription. It's about invitation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that changes everything for me. It's not a to-do list. It's a relationship. It's not, uh, you know, there's something bad about me and I'm a project. <laughs> right? Yeah, because a lot of the times a project has to be fixed and that means that we are bad. And yeah. that's that's yeah. not how we've been called to live. No. Um, it's not what he says about us either. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. So good. You know, this, this all really leads into a very natural question because our culture has an answer and a definition of what it means to thrive. And yet each person that I've had the opportunity to have this conversation with, there's a different definition of what it means to them to thrive. And so I would love to have you share with us what your definition of, of thriving is. Yeah. I think my definition of thriving for, for Heidi Tandy, and this is for me and not for anybody else, but for me, it is to be in peace about the fact that I am in process. That's what it looks like for me to thrive. And so when I am living my days, okay. With the fact that I'm not perfect. Mm. Okay. With the fact that there have been things in my life that don't look the way that I thought they would look or stories that do not have the ending that mm. I wish that they had yeah. and things that have broken my heart. I'll, I'll say that there have been things in the past year that have broken my heart and that the Lord is walking with me on and we are journeying together through grief and pain. Um, mm -hmm. that is very much that I will grieve for the rest of my life. Yeah. And, and yet, and yet because I want to be a person of peace and because I know that I'm in process, um, it is okay for me to not have bows on those, on those situations or on those stories or a bow even on myself. Um, so for me, thriving is being okay and being at peace with the fact that I'm in process. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the if gathering, they talked about the difference between trying and training. Mm. And so trying is kind of, we just, we try super hard. We try lots of different things. You don't have intention, but when we're training for something, we are, we have more, we have more intention. So as I live my life with intention, as I have these morning rhythms with this silly dog that are so healthy for me. And as I, as I learn to give myself grace and to embrace the fact that I'm not a project and I don't have to be perfect in order to receive God's love. That's when, that's when the process makes uh, makes progress. Um, but I don't have to make progress in order to be good. And I don't have to have it all together in order for God to love me in order for people to love me. And in order for the, for the closest folks around me in my life that I care for so deeply in order, um, for me to be worthy of their love. And so peace in the process is how I would define thriving. I love that. That's, that's something we can hang on to peace right? in the process because we're all in process. Yeah. 
I'm still in process. This gray hair does not mean that I've arrived and crossed a line. I've, I've recognized, I mean, we've talked about this enough, like you said, offline, that I am still growing and changing. And as long as God still has me here, that is going to be true. Yeah. Because honestly, if we slow down and say we are to be little Christs, Christians yeah. like Christ, <laughs> We got a lot of changing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got a lot to to learn about ourselves and to embrace and peace in the process. That's so yeah. good. I have one additional question about okay. this because it just, you know, it just leads naturally to how have you seen as you're practicing this? How have you seen that impact your relationships, whether it's, it's your team, it's your husband, it's your children, friendships. What, what, what do you see as an observer as you practice this? Right now, I think I'm, I'm just quieter. And I think, I think because I have learned and I may want you to cut this after I say it, but I'm going to try to say it. <laughs> so we'll see if it's in there. I gave, I gave permission for it to be in there, Yeah. but I, as an Enneagram too, I look, for, I look for validation from other people mm-hmm. and I sometimes can sense what people need even before they do. And that's not a good thing. That's not, that's not allowing God to be God in somebody else's life. Um, and so for me in the season where I am now, I think a lot of times if I'm experiencing something painful or something stressful, I think in the past, like I have known who to text or to, to make a social media post. That's, that's a little bit like I'm having a hard time, which there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with vulnerability on social media, but what I am learning for me is that really the person that the being that can handle that stuff is God, right? The the divine is meant to carry that stuff for us. And instead of me looking for validation from lots of different people or, and, and that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be real with our friends or we shouldn't, we should, we shouldn't live on these little islands of our, of ourselves. But I, I want to pray about something and process something before I give my closest people all the words about it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's maturity. Um, I think that's, it, that's progress for me to be able to say, I don't, I don't need to give all my big feelings about this. Like it's okay to sit in it and to have, mm-hmm. that's why that silence is so important for me to, to yeah. be able to say, okay, this is what's going on to, to think about what I'm thinking about mm-hmm. instead of just living at the top of the iceberg and just giving my words to everyone about, um, about my challenges or about even my, even the celebrations too. Like, I, I wonder if God sometimes is like, Hey, will you set, will you sit in celebration with me about this? Yeah. Like, can we celebrate th- this instead of, in, instead of you going out with it? So, so soon. That's one of the things mm-hmm. that I loved. Um, that was so sacred about, about when, when 
Josh and I first found out that, that we were pregnant with our first child. Like you have this news, you have this, this joy, but, and sometimes it's okay to just be in that joy with just you. Yeah. Like we don't, we eventually that'll come. We'll get to share that, but the, the intimacy of, of sharing in that joy with, with your partner, I think is so, I think there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. And it's a great model for exactly what you said, that God wants to share that joy and that intimacy with you and that celebration as, as well as loss. Yeah, absolutely. Both of those things and everything in between, right? Yeah. The fact that you notice that you are probably quieter ties back to what you said earlier about reacting and responding. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The reaction is the quick, this is what's going on for me. And your thumbs are typing fast texts or posts on Instagram or whatever it is without giving that space to sit in it. Yeah. Joy or sorrow. Yeah. Or just mediocrity. It doesn't have to be, you know, big, big feelings. And yet to recognize that this is allowing you to be quieter and more contemplative. There's a, you know, a a spiritual word to to throw in, but yeah, Yeah. it's, it's so worth it to take. It is. It is so worth it. And it's not fun. Like it's not fun to sit in my car and ask myself, Heidi, what are you really upset about? Like what really hurts that you are, that that you want to send an all caps text or, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you want to shout at somebody. Exactly. Like what, um, what's, what's really going on? I think if we ask ourselves what's really going on here, we, we may be surprised at what we find. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's good. But we're not surprised for forever. You know, like, I think we, we get to know ourselves better. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of peace that I think comes in thinking, thinking about what we're thinking about and knowing ourselves Mm. and kind of what, what we do. And I'm sorry, here's this and what we, what we do. And then what we don't do anymore, like saying to ourselves, like, oh, okay. In, in the past, I have chosen this. I choose to not choose that anymore. And I don't, I don't need that anymore to make me a whole and complete person. I I don't do that anymore. And that's okay. Yeah. It's, it's almost like the, the acknowledgement that, that that was then, and this is now no shaming on previous. Yep. She was doing the best she could. She was doing the best she could. Yep. Yep. And now I'm choosing differently. I'm being intentional about making this shift. You know, all of these things that you've been sharing, Heidi, are so powerful. And, and I know that you and I both know people who are at the beginning of this kind of growing awareness. And I, um, for everybody that's listening for your, your benefit, I'll list several of these resources, not just that Heidi's mentioned, but uh, along the line of, of places that you can go to learn more about developing emotional intelligence, because it makes all the difference in your life, as well as your leadership to be, to be self-aware is not 
to be self, uh, oh my goodness, the word just went out of my head. To be self-aware is not to be self-focused. Yeah. You are only thinking about yourself. That's not what it is. And we, I know that you've had and heard uh, teachers from pulpits who have told us that self-awareness and and that kind of thing is is sinful. And it is not. It is how Jesus moved through the world. He knew that he needed to be alone with the father. He knew yeah. that he was to go and, and minister in another town. We need to move and go in this direction. He was self-aware and he's inviting us to be self-aware with him. Yeah. And, and that's, um, it's a process. It it's is. A process. It is. We do want peace in the process. Heidi, thank you so much for sharing your time with, with us today. And I, I just, I always love talking with you and can do so for, for hours. And, and one day we're going to be in the same place physically. Yes. And someday. I, I can hug your neck as they say in the South. <laughs> yes. So I, uh, again, I will share how to get in touch with Heidi in the show yep. notes and about Stadia and just all the things that we've talked about so that you can continue on your journey of growing and being equipped so that you can thrive in your life and your leadership. Thanks for being here today. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for taking time to be with me today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please head over to iTunes and like, subscribe, and leave a review. I know this sounds like a shameless plug, but honestly, your actions on iTunes are the best way other leaders like yourself will find this podcast. I really appreciate it. I would also love to hear your thoughts about the podcast. Let me know what you learned or what you'd like to learn next. I'd like to invite you to go to letgoleaninpodcast.com and sign up for the newsletter there. Where it says learn more, you can sign up to get a monthly newsletter that I share just the information from each of the episodes that you might not have had the opportunity to go back and check out the show notes. There'll be the highlights, the links, and other pieces of information that are pertinent to the podcast, as well as go over to Instagram and follow Let Go Lean In Podcast over there, because I am starting to use that more frequently as a way to help you as a leader get to see some encouraging graphics and have a few posts each week to encourage you in your leadership. So again, Thank you for going over to uh, Apple Podcasts and liking and subscribing and reviewing this podcast, as well as signing up for the once a month at the end of the month resource recap newsletter for Let Go Lean In Podcast. See you next time.